What's up team? Welcome to Considerations for Fat Loss Members Q&A Part 2. How are you, George Robinson? Good, thanks mate. How's it going? Yes, all is well. Week 1 complete. Um, we are riding off endorphins. They've been long days, but they've been so good to see everyone back in, smiling. Um, how's your week been? It's been good. Um, spoke to a couple of athletes this week. and They're all getting ready for the European Championships. Mm-hmm. Uh, later in the year so um yeah it's been it's been a pretty good week really so far i'm um, looking forward to the weekend now nice and are you back in the gym uh yeah just doing a bit of um a little bit of training and stuff um no competitions at the minute but uh i might try my hand at a bit more crossfit competition so nice. i think so keeping keeping yourself on your toes eh? yeah it's all that good man good man all right so um if anyone has skipped to part two, nor to you, part one was all about members' questions and there's plenty to run over. So if you flick back to part one, part two will make more sense. We have four more questions to run over from last week and we'll run through those. And then a few topics of discussion that um, we've said will be quite important to discuss. So we'll run through those as well. So from the top, are there any supplements I can take to increase metabolism? George Robinson, are there? Um, so when we're, when we're talking about metabolism, mm-hmm. basically people are likely referring to their basal metabolic rate. Yep. So basically your metabolism being almost like a central heating system in the house. So it's, mm-hmm. it's constantly on the go, but mm-hmm. can you turn it, the thermostat down or up? So mm-hmm. in terms of supplements, basically food supplements. So if you, if you're thinking about increased metabolism, you're literally thinking about protein and carbs. Or, or any type of like macronutrient supplement. Um, yeah. So food increases metabolism, as does exercise. Um, but any any particular supplement, not not in particular, but um, caffeine is is one uh, drug that will increase your metabolism purely because it increases your heart rate. Um, mm-hmm. So it's one of them situations where I wouldn't necessarily advocate using a supplement products purely just to increase metabolism because you can increase your metabolism by like walking or running up and down the stairs in your house you literally yeah so uh, yeah so in terms of like a quick fix or something like that or to offer people to burn fat throughout the day when they're maybe not as active what i would say is a, a much much more effective alternate is exercising when they wake up in the morning and also making sure they're having a, a meal like a breakfast not skipping breakfast in the morning mm-hmm. and that will basically initiate that central heating system in your body mm-hmm. to turn on mm-hmm. without it it will stay dormant so your metabolism will be lower than what it would be if you hadn't exercised or if you hadn't eaten okay so these fat loss uh these fat loss pills that we see these days that's essentially increasing your heart rate increasing increasing your temperature to uh i'm doing the figure of speech to increase your metabolism um because yeah. the one percent you want sorry mate the one percent the one percenters and you know that extra little bit of help you need just comes down to doing the basics of get of moving more Mm-hmm. and finding ways that you enjoy moving more it doesn't have to necessarily be exercise it might be a morning walk it might be a morning jog it might be a lunchtime walk and then being clever with your calorie intake um, to ensuring that you're creating that deficit 
they they're the bigger rocks rather than trying to be like okay well i'm just going to drink three cups of coffee before i work out <laughs> to ensure that my heart rate's sky high to ensure my metabolism's kicking in yeah in a, in a yeah in a roundabout way that's that's basically it. it's kind of you know rather than thinking take a supplement maybe just think well rather than sitting down at my desk today when i've got calls working from home i'm going to stand up and walk around the room yeah if you know if that's possible mm-hmm. just just doing them extra steps and if you're on a half an hour phone call you could probably wear your carpet down a little bit uh, <laughs> just just a phone call but that act of standing and walking rather than sitting and being stationary will increase metabolism a small amount you know um, makes it more efficient yeah exactly and yeah. it means that you're not having to think about buying a supplement you know how expensive is it is it safe to use how much of it to take um so yeah that's that's kind of what i would advocate for for that instance about metabolism and increasing metabolism it's more focused on the food that you eat timing and also the exercise rather than the supplement yeah it's like it's not the it's not the supplement that's going to help it's probably the fact that you might want to reduce your calorie intake across the weekend when you're drinking 10 beers you know that's the bigger rock that we need to look at um normal weather as well yeah yeah question two does salt intake make much difference in metabolism um we've done a bit of digging because as you said georgie bit of a left field question so i'll let you go yeah it was it was interesting where this question came from actually um i don't know which member said it but um basically as far as we know having looked at um some of the research papers and what's out there um in terms of salt intake and weight loss or metabolism um salt isn't directly related to metabolism but it is related to um hydration status so what people might find is that if they reduce their salt intake they reduce the ability to store water in Mm -hmm. in cells in the body which would in turn then reduce their overall body mass however Mm -hmm the weight is simply due to water retention or non-retention rather than um, the, the stored um, fat mass that we, that we talked about in episode one mm-hmm. um, or part one of this talk. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, again, it's kind of like referring back to that concept about what your body is made of, like in its individual parts rather than sort of like taking it as a whole. Um, so, you know, you're talking about fat mass, non-fat mass, i.e. sort of like muscle mass, and also water retention and water weight. Um, so yeah, as far as I'm aware, salt is not related to or can't necessarily affect metabolism in terms of increasing or decreasing metabolism, but it will affect your hydration status, which in turn could affect how willing you are to exercise. Because if you're so dehydrated that you don't want to exercise or you can't exercise at certain exercise intensity to burn more calories and more fat, then in that roundabout way it could then influence your metabolism yes exactly like there's there's a point to be made that oh yes we're talking about fat loss but health comes first and we need sodium we need salt to, to help us stay hydrated and like you said um the last thing i want to do is, is worry about our salt, salt intake so much as we reduce, reduce it so much and we become dehydrated um there's no sustainability there and the aim of the game of fat loss is adherence and sustainability over anything else okay wicked 
Question three, when it comes to staying hydrated, oh, funnily enough, when it comes to staying hydrated, is there much difference between squash and water? Um, I'll put my vote to it. Yes, it tastes way better than water. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, George, you answer. Okay, so um, on a yeah, so on a practical level, if you enjoy the taste of squash and it makes you want to drink more fluids, then yes, you you'd likely have a better hydration status because you're simply drinking more fluids. Yep. And then if you don't like plain water, mm-hmm. um, that being said, uh, there is uh, there is a lot of research out there which does advocate adding carbohydrate to a drink like plain water, which does help with um, the uptake of fluids into the cells to make it more hydrated. So if you have a, um, a squash cordial, which isn't sugar-free, yeah, um, so there is carbohydrate based in, in the squash, mm-hmm. um, then yes, in turn, that would actually age your hydration status because it maintains some of the water and fluid within, the, within your body for longer. So yes, by all means, people can use squash um, rather than just having plain water. Yeah, from a practical sense, if anyone's then, you know, calorie counting or, you know, obviously fat loss, conscious of calories, go for a sugar-free. And, you know, if there is two birds, one stone, you can get a sugar-free cordial and drink more water, more more fluid than what you would if you didn't have squash. You know, if you didn't like the taste of water and you didn't drink, then just put something nice flavoured in there. That's what I do. Yeah. Simple as that, yeah, and um, it doesn't have to be overly complicated with that either. No, no, not uh, at all. Don't overthink it. No, no exactly, yeah. So, but I just avoid having sugary drinks. Yeah, hundred percent. That was that was like one hundred and one. Yeah, last episode is lowest hanging fruit. If you're on a fat loss diet, why are you drinking sugary drinks? They should be diet. They should be replaced for diet straight up. Um, okay, so fourth and last question here carbs versus fat is it true that it is better to cut carbs rather than fat for fat loss so when you're looking at calorie intake the the hierarchy are calories no matter where they are coming from if you are cutting your calories and you're in a calorie deficit you're losing weight whether you cut the calories from carbohydrates whether you cut the calories from fats if you're in that deficit, you're in that deficit. Now, I'll let you to overtake in a minute, Georgie, but um, we mentioned that the majority of the foods that people will overeat on, the foods that are highly palatable, tend to be higher in carbohydrate. So this is where the notion of cutting carbs comes from because that's they're the main foods that they need to either reduce intake on or cut out. Do you agree? Uh yeah, I would. I would just go straight to your first point. There, it's kind of it's, it's more about overall energy consumption. Mm-hmm. So, for and it, this is completely dependent on every individual. So everyone has different diets. No one has the same diet. But if we just go from a very scientific standpoint, mm-hmm. and we we spoke about this last time, when we're thinking about an, uh, an energy deficit to lose to help lose body weight, you know, we're talking about you know, roughly 200 calories a day on that seesaw, like you're having 200 calories more going out than there is coming in to help mm-hmm. with, with fat loss. If we take a, a carbohydrate and fat as a macronutrient, 
gram for gram, carbohydrates got four calories per gram mm -hmm. and fat's got nine calories per gram. So in, in that instance, fat's got more than twice the amount of energy per gram than carbohydrate and protein do because they've got four calories each. So in terms of an energy deficit, you would be able to achieve that more effectively with reducing fat in your diet mm -hmm. than carbohydrates. So for some people, it might be easier to reduce their fat composition of their normal diet than it would be the carbs. And also if we're talking about going to the gym and being active, you tend to exercise at relatively high intensities when you're doing circuit type sessions that like you do at BSC Fitness. So in that respect, what I wouldn't advocate is people reducing the carbs to a, to such an extent that they can't turn up to the gym, mm -hmm. can't do good quality training sessions and actually get the most out of the session because they're not properly fueled. Mm -hmm. So the fuel sources that the body uses, you kind of got your, your slow burning diesel engines, which is your fat. Mm -hmm. And then you've got your kind of like really quick electric engines, which are your carbs. Mm -hmm. And you will be burning significantly more carbs during a, a circuit session than you would do fat because your heart rate is probably going to be elevated you know quite high so your dominant source of energy there is carbs and if you can't exercise at the right intensity you will rely more on fat but then you might not be getting the most out of the session that you want so really it's kind of up to the individual you can get an energy deficit from carbs from protein or from fat based fuels but we need to work out what's going to be the most sustainable and most effective for yourself. If you know that you're a person that likes to have um, loads of crisps, loads of chocolate, loads of peanut butter, um, anything that's like really energy dense and fatty or sugary as well, then you might think then, right, what's the most convenient item of food to remove from a diet? Is it that um, chocolate bar and packet crisps that I, I usually have in an evening or at lunchtime? Something as simple as that, you know, you're literally talking about like a pack of crisps and chocolate bar. You're talking about three to 400 calories there. So maybe taking them two items, simple as that, taking them two items out of your day-to-day -day diet gives you your calorie deficit for the day that you need. And it could be as simple as that, you know, nothing, nothing else in your diet might need to change. It's just removing them two items from your diet on a daily basis to give you the desired energy deficit, which can help with your fat loss. And then you have still being able to maintain the rest of your diet. Yeah. I think like we need to look at it from like a, a practical lens and, you know, people um, will have their go-to foods and they'll, they'll have foods that they, they will find hard to cut out. And I could put a lot of money on those foods being high in carbohydrate, high in sugar because they're highly palatable. They make them feel nice when they eat them. So that's why they go to them. Now, I'm not saying to reduce, I'm not saying to cut out these foods, but like you said, reduce them. We need, we still need to live life and enjoy foods, you know, that we want to eat, but it doesn't mean that we can have three packs of crisps and peanut butter on four slices of bread. Yeah, it's, it's, it's largely to do with portion control. I think for a lot of things, you know, just thinking about the the wider industry and companies mm -hmm. and what how 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 they go about doing things to, is to make you want to eat more of it so mm -hmm. you know it's kind of that example where i think i gave last time mm -hmm. if you that if you want to have uh if you like if you enjoy having chocolate you know who doesn't really mm -hmm. um i do it's nice but 
rather than have it in house during the week, just have it on, in the house on a weekend and yeah. how it's packaged can also influence how much you have of it. So rather than going straight to the supermarket shelves for them big 100, 200 gram bars of chocolate, go for the multi-packs, which have got a single bar, which might be, you know, 30, 50 gram bar. So, you know, you take that, you know, that portion, that portion size of chocolate away with you for to have, and then the rest of the bar isn't there to tempt you to eat, you know, an extra 500 calories in the rest of the bar. So there, there are means and ways that companies try and make you eat more, but then also ways for you to recognize that maybe that's not the best thing to have and to substitute it for um, like a, a multi-pack with smaller, small bars in it, because it's less likely that you're going to get up from the sofa or, or wherever five times to go and get five bars than it would be to go and get one big bar and just take it down with you to the sofa and sit there and just eat the whole thing. Yeah, I think it's just because carbs are readily available. People are just thinking, cut them out, cut them out, cut them out. Like we said, people aren't snacking on salmon and eggs. <laughs> in the in the evening after their uh, oh, evening okay. meal, I, they might do, and if you do, <laughs> I, I, no words. Um, so so all in all, there you know, is, is it true to better cut out carbs if what you are over consuming currently is higher in carbohydrate? Then that's the obvious thing. If it's higher in fat, then that's the obvious thing. Whatever you are over consuming, in take it out regardless of if it's carbohydrate or fat. Yeah, yeah um it's it, it really what it boils down to is having an awareness about what you're putting into your body at the end of the day yeah um so i, I definitely advocate if you know even just you don't have to do it all the time but even just for for a day like this weekend or one day next week just check the back of the packet check the nutrition information on, on the back of the label or on the box or the packet that you're about to have and just actually see what's what first of all what the ingredient list is like what's actually in the product and the second of all is to have a look at the nutritional composition so what is the carbohydrate protein and fat content of that particular item and then i think people can actually appreciate how much energy and how much they're actually taking on board or maybe how little they're taking on board so they you know then they'd get more of a grasp about um, what really is that they need in their diet on a day-to-day -day basis. Like, you know, do they know their carbohydrate, protein, and fat intake requirements for any given day and how that fluctuates depending on the training that you're doing? So I would I would encourage anyone just to get a little bit knowledgeable about what they're actually having um, in the diet on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and if they've got any questions about it, feel free to put them in the group and I'm, I'm happy to help. Yeah, there's... Um a nice way of doing it is just like using a tracking system. So my fitness pal. Now, if you track Friday or Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday to, to generate an awareness of what it, what your diet looks like during the week when you're working and, you know, maybe you're not leaning towards these highly palatable foods. And then you look across the weekend, what you're consuming, you can sit down on the Tuesday and have a look and be like, Holy shit. And then, you know, then maybe that will generate the awareness that, you know, maybe you are over consuming on the weekend yeah. and you may be assumed of that, right? But you didn't realize how much you was over consuming on calories. Yeah, yeah the 80-20 rule does exist and the 80-20 rule is great. But if the 80-20 rule is flipped on its head because your 20% actually becomes 
body. So, yes, yeah, so yeah. high in calorie intake that you're taking yourself out of a deficit. It's And we mentioned about it with the whole breakfast and Domino's thing last in the last chat. It's really easy to overconsume and, and, and overconsume by like 5,000 calories a day on a Saturday and Sunday. It's easily done. I've seen it over 10 years, numerous times. So creating that awareness, not just across like the week, you need to do it over a weekend as well to get the balance of, of your, yeah. a true picture of your life. Um, wicked. So those are the four questions um, that we discussed. We quickly, well, we didn't quickly talk about it. We said we mentioned it today about metabolic adaptation and how that could essentially start plateauing someone's weight. So essentially metabolic adaptation, um, you're putting yourself into a calorie deficit. Your body is then um, clever enough to find ways to try and reduce its calorie intake. Something as simple as, you know, when you was in maintenance and you was never dieting, you might fidget your foot you know when people like kick annoying people kick the table when they fidget their foot right you might be in a calorie deficit your body will stop doing that and you won't realize your body will and will make the unconscious decision of taking the elevator over the stairs because that is the easy route and you're in a deficit and you don't have as much energy as you would do to climb the stairs these little things so George, explain that and explain your kind of uh, thoughts on how to help with that. Okay. So if we go back to the analogy that we have before with what metabolism is and it's kind of like the, the central heating system, if you like, in the house. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you under-consume, so... If your calorie deficit is too great, then the body will go into a bit of a a panic mode to basically save itself. So what I would suggest to people that are trying to lose fat mass is to make sure that they they are in a calorie deficit, but it's only, it's maintainable, but it's only slight, okay? And by slight, we'd sort of talk in, you know, 10 to 20% deficits. Yeah, and we're, and we're talking about the consumption here, aren't we? Like when we talk about the deficit here and the percentage, just to clear up before we talk about the expenditure as well, is to try and create that deficit through your nutrition mm-hmm. because there's, there's more than, than one way to create that deficit. Yeah. So when you talk about that 10%, George is talking about what you are consuming. Yeah. So, you know, if, you, if you're looking to um, have a energy deficit of, say, 20%, I think we, we mentioned earlier, yeah, you might get 10% of that from your diet and another 10% of that from your exercise. So then accumulate 20% deficit. So, and that's, and I think that's probably something that maybe some people don't appreciate as much as they maybe could do. So when someone's on a, on a fat loss program or they're trying to lose fat, then you, you, your body will respond to exercise and it'll respond to what you eat. So I think sometimes what maybe the go-to thing is to do is to reduce amount you eat and increase your exercise. But people tend to take it to the extreme where they might end up going into a a thousand calorie deficit or more a day. 
So maybe they're only eating a thousand to fifteen hundred calories a day, but they soon, you know, they soon probably within a week or, or, or sooner than that, they realize that that's not sustainable. Their body just does not like it that much. So you know, you become really lethargic, probably quite grumpy, um, and unfortunately, then the weight doesn't really shift because you can't maintain that kind of deficit. You know, usually people can maintain around two hundred to five hundred calories a day for a longer period of time. And that's going to be far, far more effective. Mm-hmm. It'll be slower mm-hmm. in the sense that you're not in an as great a calorie deficit, but in terms of the, the overall result, my God, it's so much better mm-hmm. um, because you can actually maintain that for longer than a week. You know, you can't reduce that much fat mass in a week compared to like a six week good structured program where you only two three to five in a calorie deficit a day. Um, so I'll maintain that like one pound of fat loss a week sort of thing. Mm-hmm. um so in terms of metabolism it's about keeping it high which means that you have to move so you have to be active and you also trigger that metabolism with food items like protein and carbohydrate basically as well as fat fat will also trigger metabolism any kind of food intake will um some to a great extent than others and you can actually maximize the the exercise by having a meal soon after again that will kind of like give you an extra boost in metabolism because your body recognizes that you've taken food on board which allows it to have far more processes going on in the background um which is why i think i think you've maybe mentioned before in another pod um about the sustained um sort of calorie burning after exercise yeah, yeah. so just because you stopped exercising so you've done your hour of work hour workout your body just doesn't go back into homeostasis like that. No. Okay. So your body likes balance and it likes homeostasis. That's all homeostasis is. Mm -hmm. And it tries to achieve that. So when we're talking about fat loss and metabolism, because it recognizes that you're in such a calorie deficit, it will try and maintain homeostasis by basically stopping you from doing more exercise. Yeah. And we'll try and get you to eat more food. Mm-hmm. You know, after two or three days of a, of a very strict diet, your body will then start telling you to go and f- go to the fridge, go to the cupboard and find mm-hmm. something sugary yeah. because it wants to have, it wants to have food and energy really quick. So you almost want to think one step ahead of what your body will know it will want by making sure that you're not in a, a five thousand, you know, a, a thousand calorie deficit a day. Um, and likewise that you're not, so strict during the week that you go into such a high calorie deficit during the week and then the weekend just goes into a massive blowout and like what you just said reese then you start having like five thousand calories surplus a day so everything that you did during monday to friday is just completely eradicated by you know a saturday evening <laughs> or Literally. a saturday and sunday you know yeah. you know uh so like a, a sunday breakfast you know you talk about full english you know you talk in excess of a thousand to fifteen calories if you're going for a big portion of that. So yeah. again, it can be quickly and done. Yeah, I think the there's a big point to be made on like steady state and finding something and you've you've said the word maintain, you said the word sustainability like numerous times. And that's the aim of the game. Like rule one, adherence is what you want to achieve for fat loss. So do not expect to lower your calories to you know, six, seven, eight, nine hundred calories a day and increase your activity at the same time. Do not expect to be 
on that same path in 10 days time because you will be burning out you'll be grumpy you would have more than likely raided the fridge because you're just so goddamn hungry what you need to find is a plan that can create a little deficit through intake continue with training you know something that you enjoy but increasing your activity outside of the gym so when george was mentioning movement he was talking about steps he was talking about on the phone walking around the house getting in the morning walk getting in the lunchtime walk we, my guys you know neat non-exercise activity thermogenesis I, i've mentioned it to every single person that can equate for 35 percent of your calorie expenditure a week exercise typically equates to 15 percent over the week so people are so fixated on the 15 percent and are going so hard with their intensity they're burning out when in fact they should be focusing on all the other 23 hours of the day yeah and the kind of things that you're talking about you know they're, they're very low impact low intensity yeah uh, forms of physical activity we'll say rather than exercise so physical activity being you know, walking, walking the dog, for instance, you know, the added, the added health benefits of taking that 15, 20 minute break during your working day to, to go for a, you know, what, you know, if you've got a garden, walk around the garden or take the dog out for a walk, um, just that extra little bit of activity, just to let your brain, you know, shut down a little bit and just be in mm -hmm. a more of a quiet place. Yeah. That's going to that's gonna have extra benefits other than just the weight loss, um, and the, the the calorie deficit that you can achieve from that is it's more mental as well. Yeah, you know, we, you're you're moving away from daily stressors. You're um, you're able to relax, and then your decision making is less impaired because um, you, you you know you have a clear mind. You're able to make those decisions that lend well to fat loss to whatever your goals are. Um, the last thing you want to do is just hammer the exercise. And there's also a note of this is trial and error. It's always going to be trial and error because your body, like we said, m metabolic adaptation, it will be trying to find ways to reduce calorie intake. So don't expect fat loss to be linear because it never is linear. From from day one to day 100, you, you know, if you took a step back and you drew a line, of course, you'd want it to be in a negative fashion, but there will be peaks and troughs along the way. So if you get to a point where you have been given a 520, you know, 20% deficit or a 500 calorie deficit and you are struggling, then, you know, please understand that you can increase your calorie intake by 100 calories a day, which will might help you psychologically as much as physiologically. You know, if you then increase your calories by 100 and think, oh, I've got the energy now, you know, you could then just go for an extra 10 minute walk a day and you could still then create that extra calorie deficit that you've kind of put back into your body does that make sense yeah yeah um, yeah that makes sense um and I, I, yeah it's just coming back to that kind of it needs to be sustainable but really for to get people to be sustainable it needs to be fun yeah you know it's far easier maintaining something if you find it more enjoyable and more fun than trying to use a strategy which is just such a pain every day um if you're a professional boxer or you're trying to do a photo shoot don't expect it to be fun but you know we're not working we're not working with i'm not working with boxers that are trying to lose two 
10 kilos in however long. These are people that want to increase in confidence, feel sexy, feel powerful, look good naked, you know, look at themselves in the mirror and think, damn, I look, I look amazing. Yeah. And that, and personally, that, that doesn't necessarily just come from what they see in the mirror. Do you know what I mean? No. It's, it's more yeah. about the journey and it's the confidence that are built within themselves. Um, mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I'm just referring it to when I'm working with, working with an athlete or working with a member of the public is pretty much the same thing. Yes. The, the standards might be different. You know, the general public might not be trying to get um, a world qualifying standard for a, an international competition, but yeah. the process that people have to go through in that journey to their, their end, their end point, their end goal, mm-hmm. that it's more, it's far, far more than just what the weighing scales say, or just what they look in the mirror. It's more about having that, self-perception that they have the control and they have the power within themselves to change if there is something that they want to change yeah and as long as they've got the tools for it so like what are you doing in the gym and that hopefully these podcasts are helping people become more knowledgeable more aware about their nutrition from the nutrition talks that we're doing because really only that way if they've got the understanding then they can apply it themselves in their day-to-day life so as a nutritionist probably similar to yourself as a, as a coach yeah i know that i'm doing a good job if i'm working myself out of a job yeah yeah so yeah. some of the athletes that you know i've had some really good relationship with athletes where i've been working with them for four or five years mm-hmm. but what i would definitely say is if i'm in i if i'm in a position where they they've got the same knowledge base at day 100 as they did at day one i have not done my job but if all of your listeners are taking things on board and they've seen, they've been able to apply some of the changes and understand some of the concepts that we're talking about um, and actually being able to influence that within their own life, then we're doing a job because we're actually educating people the same or similar level to us so that they can apply it to their own lives. And then we become irrelevant. And that that is, that is, that is what a coach is trying to do. You're almost trying to become so irrelevant to a certain extent that you are not needed for any particular reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so other yeah. Than, other than being badass coaches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but then again, you know, coaching and nutrition, it's more than just kind of telling people the facts. And stuff. Of course. It's also um, making sense of a lot of things. Yeah. It goes way deeper. It goes way deeper. So I think yeah, that's the way I like to see it anyway. Love it. I think, yeah, I think, you know, we can end on, um, the end goal is not what you should be focusing on. It is the process of becoming that person who has created discipline, who doesn't rely on motivation, who understands a trial and error, who is able to control their willpower. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and and um, go, goes into it with a degree of I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to to put in the work to get to where I want to get to and understand it will take time and things won't always go to plan, but that takes time. And that takes coaches. <laughs> yeah. And the, I think the other thing is, is when, because the last 12 months during this lockdown period has been so unusual, what I think, and again, it'd be good to hear what you think about this is when we start to socialize a lot more and there are the opportunities that people had 12 months ago and maybe in this summer we'll get back again more long-term it's kind of about 
applying what you've learned over the last 12 months about, you know, if you've been involved in BSC Fitness for that long, about the training, about the nutrition and all the rest of it. And really it's about then when you go into a, a social environment where you've got lots of influences from family and friends and it's still about making decisions for yourself and it's about having that self-awareness and willpower to maybe say to them, no, I, I, I don't want that extra bottle of wine or mm -hmm. that, that pint of beer or, you know, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. I'd, be I'd be interested to hear from you for your, for your members what you would advocate in that in that scenario where they 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 might have to find that extra willpower within themselves in the next I, few months. I found it out firsthand. You know, I, I've I was in I was in that that seat. Um, I was in that seat on Wednesday for my birthday, going out to a, to socialise with the family, and I enjoyed myself. So the first thing I would say is, my God, you know, there is more important things especially in this moment in time, go and enjoy yourself. Um, but just be very mindful, create the awareness, right? But that, that awareness comes through education. And that's what we're all about is right is educating and understanding and I can have a bit of this, but I can't have a bit of that. Well, if you're going to have a bit of this, and you know, that you've got some social events coming up, then just be, you know, pragmatic about it. Okay, well, then fine, then Monday to Thursday, this is what I'm going to do. And I've got the discipline and willpower to stick to it. And I have a plan because I spoke to my coach about it. And then over the weekend, I can continue to socialize and can continue to, the reality is eat and drink more because that's what's going to happen and accept it. That's, you know, that's the way of the world. That's, that's 2021. 2021 is going to be the year of socializing and eating what you want is the reality. And then you need to accept that, but you also need to find balance. That comes with time. There's going to be a shift in people now trying to understand balance because it's easy to restrict yourself when you're sat at home all day. It's not easy to restrict yourself. Restrict's the wrong word. It's not easy to find the balance when you find yourself sat in a bottomless brunch, you know, once or twice a month. Yeah. But it's understanding that the balance comes from the 80-20 rule. Monday to Friday, Monday to Thursday. Um, maybe, maybe that could be quite a good uh, poll or question for your members on, on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Maybe out there, how how are people going to, as a group, you know, as a BSC fitness group, a page, how are you as a community going to help each other maybe enjoy, enjoy things, but then also be accountable for yourself and one another about what your overall yeah. goals are. So as a team, help each other out. You know, yeah, it's all about showing up as much as it is about having fun with your friends and your family um, in those times where you want to socialize and let your hair down. Make sure that you're showing up around that. Yeah. You know, you, you can't you can't be making excuses when you're feeling tired in the morning. And, and not turn up uh, and, you know, I'm not just meaning turn up to the gym. There's more to it than just turning up to the gym. Um, but again, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole just yet. Yeah. Plenty more opportunities on other pods. George, that was an awesome chat. Cool. Yeah, cheers. It's good. Thank you for your time. Um, guys, as always, any questions on this topic, um, do let us know. Um, if you need um, any advice or support on any of what we spoke about in part one and part two, then yeah, reach out. Um, 
but it's been a pleasure, Georgie. Thank you again and speak soon. That's great. Cheers, Reese. Catch you a bit. Ciao, ciao.